Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I've always been drawn to the secrets of the past, the whisper of ancient civilizations, their stories etched into the very earth. So, when I moved to this small New Mexico town, nestled near the ruins of the Anasazi, it felt like coming home. Little did I know I had awakened a nightmare. The day I found the relic, a strange stone figurine was the day our quiet town was cast into a shadow of fear. It started with the echoes, eerie, wordless whispers that seemed to come from the ruins themselves. Then the animals began to act strangely, their eyes filled with a primal fear. And then the deaths began. Each body we found was more horribly mangled than the last. 
their deaths a gruesome mystery that sent waves of fear through our close-knit community. It was during these dark days that I met the local Navajo elder, a man named Gray Owl, who held the keys to our salvation. He told me of the Skinwalker, a malevolent spirit capable of shifting forms between man, beast, and mist. The relic I had unearthed, he said, had trapped the spirit for centuries, and in my ignorance, I had set it free. Fueled by a desperate need to undo my mistake, I found myself drawn into the world of Navajo legends. Ray Al became my guide as we delved into the history of the Skinwalker, searching for its weaknesses, for a way to put the spirit to rest. We were plagued by horrifying visions of the Skinwalker, its form twisting and changing before our eyes. Its growls haunted our dreams, its presence a chilling undercurrent in every shadow. And all the while, the death toll continued to rise. But we pressed on, piecing together the fragments of ancient lore, fighting against the clock in the creeping dread that threatened to consume us. The Skinwalker was a creature of malice and trickery, but it was not invincible. Every creature, Grey Owl insisted, had a weakness. When we discovered it, it was almost too simple. The Skinwalker could not resist answering to its true name. And so, armed with this knowledge, we embarked on the most dangerous part of our journey to call out the beast and bind it once more. The night we confronted the Skinwalker was one I will never forget. The wind howled through the ruins of the Anasazi, carrying with it the echoes of the past. As Grey Owl chanted the Skinwalker's true name, the air grew thick with a malevolent energy. And then it appeared. It was a terrifying sight shifting from man to beast to mist, its form barely contained by the mortal realm. But Grey Owl stood strong, his voice unwavering as he repeated the name, binding the spirit with the power of its own identity. With a final, bone-rattling howl, the Skinwalker was pulled back into the relic, its form shrinking and twisting until all that was left was an eerie silence. The relief that washed over me was tainted with the bitter taste of regret. But with Grey Owl's guidance, I learned to forgive myself. We had put the spirit to rest, returned peace to our town. But the echoes of the past remain, a haunting reminder of the ancient powers that lay just beneath the surface, waiting for the unwary to awaken them. Around the 29th of December, 2022, I was traveling from Santa Barbara to a small town in the middle of Nevada, where I was going to stop and see if I could make it back to my house or if I should wait for the rest of the day. I would like to say there was four people in our car, including me. Three-fourth of us saw this lady. She had a pale face, nearly white. She had scraggly black or brown hair going down past her shoulders. She also appeared to be wearing causal clothes that were clean. But weirdest of all, she had no face. I and everyone else who saw her are 100% sure she had no face. I think this was about 6-7 in the morning. The sun wasn't out yet. There was then some weird events in which road signs made no sense and were slowly becoming more and more common, to the point of seeing them every five feet. And the fog closing in. This might be related, yet might not. As I don't remember the road, I couldn't tell you if those signs were actually in our reality or not. I am sorry there isn't much detail. I am sure I didn't fall asleep, because I was very anxious and we were only a couple minutes from our air. 
I'm from upstate New York in the capital region. I was born here, but for the last few years I moved to Colorado. Just moved back in January. We've been seeing a lot of crazy ass since we moved back. I don't know where else to post this, so I'm just gonna comment it here and see if anyone knows WTF my husband saw. So we live in an apartment complex in the middle of town. There's wood scattered around, but it's a decently developed area, which is why it's weird. The buildings in the complex all surround this big field like area picnic tables, trees. It's not a dense amount of trees, it's more like a park. This area is dark as fat night. Anyway, husband took our dog Lil Sheba out one night around midnight, maybe later. He's gone forever, but I don't think much of it because sometimes he just gets excited and goes running with her because our dog is cute AF when she runs around. Anyway, he comes back out of breath because, yeah, they were running, but after something. The way he described it was small, larger than a cat, but it cat-like ears still I hit and kind of fleshy looking with weird elbows that stuck out to the sides instead of inward like a hunched dog or cat would. When he initially saw it, the dog saw it first, and they chased after it. Lost it in the dark, circled around the buildings until they came back to where they first saw it. Dog suddenly got scared and ran him the F back to our building. He hasn't seen it since, but it stuck with him. Besides that he's seen some weird shadows around that same area at night. But he saw those in Colorado too, so I don't know if that's something weird that followed him cause there's law definitely S that follows him. But this cryptid is weird sounding. Basically the way he describes it makes me think of a rake but tinier and not standing upright. This happened in northeastern Oklahoma within the Cherokee Reservation around 2008 in the beginning of fall. Myself and eight other of my friends I went to school with it all met up at a friend's house to hang out for the night around the campfire and listen to music, etc. We are all about 15 or 16 years old. My friend had a trail that went maybe over a quarter of a mile into the woods where it led to an open circle in the wooded area. There was a fire pit there with a single tree and another trail that led south from the opening where we would be hanging out for the night. We sat around doing this and that bullshitting into the night and may I remind you we are not partying. No booze, no smoke, no nothing, just nine of us out in the woods having a good time. It gets around 230 or 3 and things changed. We are all up having a good time and my friend T. John gets up and heads to the entrance of that south trail at the edge of the cutout to take a piss. I just happened to look up from the fire and turned to look at and up from him in the trail this gray figure stood in front of him about 20 yards away. I asked him quietly if he saw it and he looks up and comes back to the fire with the rest of us. My eyes are locked on this figure standing in the dark. This thing standing about 7 feet tall gray with a static cloudy look to it. Its legs started about where the bottom of one's chest plate would be, long lanky arms which lay down almost to where its knees would be with black hollow eyes with no mouth or nose. All nine of us are staring at this thing and no one can move. Some started to cry, some kept their heads down, but I kept my eyes right on it. Looking at this thing while it stood there looking right back at us. It moved horizontally to the right into the woods off the south trail slowly moving around. It got to a part in the woods that during the day you could see was about a seven feet rock wall. 
when it approached it, it hovered over this wall with no struggle at all, and then it slowly backed off into the depths of the dark woods and faded away. We didn't leave that fire until the sun came up and we got out of there as fast as we could. We didn't talk about that night for years after that. We kept it to ourselves and I only telling it to people who was close to me. Fifteen plus years later I had asked some of the people who was there if they remembered what happened and what we witnessed and every one of them remember exactly what it looked like and exactly what it did. Nine of us saw something in those woods that night and it saw us as well. That's my story of a real encounter of something I cannot explain other than seeing it with my own eyes and having eight other people with me who saw the same thing. Who knows what it was? I've put this story on other subs, but this one seemed to have similar accounts. Thank you. I had a sketchy experience yesterday, figured I'd share the story. It was about 4 a.m. and I had just gotten done reading that Fleshgate dump thread that was up here yesterday when I decided it was time to go out back for a smoke. I usually handle that stuff fine, but some stories in the thread managed to get to me, partially because there were a few encounters that allegedly happened in Pennsylvania. I live in Maryland, so not in my state, but still way too close for comfort. For the story's sake, Behind my house there is about 15 yards of thin woods, and behind those woods are apartments. To the right of my house there is a big clearing, with a patch of bamboo behind that. All this is pitch black, mind you. Also there is a woman on the ground level of the apartments that I think watches me smoke sometimes. Her flat sits on a hill, so she has a good view of my house and the surrounding area. This will be important later. So anyway, I stepped out the glass sliding door on my room to my backyard, and things started to get weird. Once I got out there, I started to hear meowing coming from the bamboo. I have a cat, so part of me wanted to investigate. It sounded like it was young and possibly injured, but I obviously decided if all that. Because 4 a.m., the cat, however, kept making the same exact cry over and over at what seemed like perfect five-second intervals. I eventually just started to ignore it. I lit up my cig and instantly felt like I was being watched. After getting that sinking feeling, I started to now hear footsteps coming from the bamboo patch. It sounded too big to be a cat or something, but still too small to be a human, but I wasn't quite sure. Needless to say, the Fleshgate stories in Pennsylvania had me creep, and I couldn't see shit so I decided to run back inside really quick and grab my glasses. While I was inside, I decided that the pitch darkness would make it too easy for something to creep up on me out of the woods, so I decided to turn on our outside light underneath our deck as well. Here is where I really started to know. After I stepped back outside with the light on, I noticed the lady across the way also turned on her porch light. She has a glass sliding door that faces in my direction as well. At first I thought nothing of this, because she flicks her light on from time to time while I'm out there. I always just assumed she was nosy and wanted to make sure I wasn't doing drugs or something. So I continued to smoke my cig, still had that feeling of being watched, but the added light plus my glasses made me feel secure enough to kill my cancer stick. I started thinking more about the lady with her light on, and realized it's pretty weird that she's looking out here through the woods at 4 a.m. 
I mean, she literally turned on her light two seconds after I flipped mine on, almost as if she was signaling or something. I took a few more drags and thought I heard the footsteps again, but they sounded closer, like they were at the edge of my fence where the porch light couldn't quite reach. As soon as I noticed this, she turned her light off, then back on again, then off, then on. She continued this cycle for about 30 seconds, before eventually shutting off all the lights in her apartment altogether. I thought about this weird pattern for a second, because she had never done that sort of thing before. Whenever I had been out there in the past, if she turned her light on it simply stayed on until I went inside. She has never done this on, off, on, off, on before. I started to make a few connections in my head and right away thought of that urban legend where a lady unknowingly gets into her car with a killer in the backseat. And the asshole truck driver behind her keeps riding her bumper while flashing his high beams to alert the woman to the danger. This made me nope the F out when I started to see the similarities. Was this supposedly nosy, middle-aged woman flashing her porch light at me to alert me to something that I didn't notice? I have about a six feet tall fence around my yard. Something could have been waiting in the darkness on the other side of the fence, where only she could see due to being atop a hill. This also got me creeped at the cat meowing. One of those things could be aware that I have a cat, and tried to mimic the meow to try to lure me over. As soon as I connected these dots I shat some bricks and went right back inside. She never flickered her light again. I didn't fall asleep until about six when the sun came up. And that's my story. I met up with my friend at his house after work at about 10 p.m. We both got off work at the same time and go to his house to hang out. We were outside on his porch near the driveway. We heard the horses across the street in the field running around which was odd, but didn't think nothing of it. We heard a turkey squabble, which then we thought a mountain lion was out there. Shortly after that, we heard a loud and repetitive sniffing noise. Loud, like a large dog sniffing in your ear. After a few seconds of wondering, we went to the edge of the road. I made a coughing noise to get a reaction from whatever it was out there. Just as I did that, we heard a very loud and aggressive grunt. We went inside to grab a rifle and a flashlight. We for sure thought it was a bear or mountain lion, and we knew it was close. We went back to the edge of the road. The road separates his driveway from the field where the noise was coming from. He shined his flashlight in the direction of the noises as fanning-type pattern. His first pass reveals nothing, but on his second pass, we freaked. There wasn't much light except the motion detector and our flashlight. With that, we saw the figures of two creatures and crouched post in, just in front of the fence in the field. They were literally 15 feet or so in front of us. Their eyes were staring right back at us, and they were close together on their faces, not like a horse. Just then one of them stood up on two legs. At this point I had moved to the side a little because I did not want my friend in my line of fire, just in case. I had a diagonal view of the creatures now. I can tell you that this thing stood about seven to eight feet tall because the fence at five feet tall and this creature rested its forearms on top of the fence without effort. I mean it could have scaled the fence easily. The other creature remained crouched. I could see their surl-shaped heads. 
They had a shadow because the light, so their shapes were pretty clear and we were so close the measurements of Thier's shadows were not too far off from actual. The one that stood was incredibly big. He was boasting his chest out, maybe to intimidate us or for defense. We all just stood there for a minute looking at one another. I was asking my friend what he thought it was and he did not know. My friend is a avid hunter of all game and has never encountered anything like it. We then realized that it's weird, and also realized how close we were to these creatures. We could see that the one crouched was smaller than the one standing, so the creature might have gotten defensive and backed up. We were scared, but did not feel threatened. However, the creature could have easily scaled the fence and got us if it wanted. I mean, it was probably watching us long before we saw it. Our fear finally sunk in, and we went inside to look out the windows. We did not see anything else, but the dogs in his backyard started barking about a minute or two after we came inside. Dogs that live in the area always bark due to other animals that wander down the mountain, which is a clear shot from the field where this creature was. I have not been to his house at night ever since, and he has recently moved from the residence anyhow. At the time, I was a college student, and have since did service in the military, and I am single father. I have no need to make this up. I'm not sure what I saw was a Bigfoot, but I know it wasn't a horse, mountain lion, or bear. Bears do not live in this part of the area. They live in the region, but not here. This part of the valley is too dry, and their food source is not here either. I researched the bear population and the likelihood of a bear entering this area. It is not common. What I saw stood like a large man, moved like a man, and looked like a man, but was not. This is the first time I have formally reported this. My buddy came down to archery hunt deer with me one year. I took him to a spot where I'd had a few decent bucks on camera and a big bow with a pine thicket right smack in the middle. We sat up on the downwind side of the thicket in the same tree. We didn't see much that evening, it got dark and we decided to call it quits and climb down. I got down first and started packing up my climber and he had just hit the ground when I heard leaves crunching a little ways off and I said SHHH, listen and the crunching got closer, and closer, and then it was close enough that we could hear it breathing, hard. My first thought was bare and I started scrambling for my flashlight. I got it out of my pocket and by this time whatever monstrous creature we heard was about 20 feet from us. I got my light flicked on just in time to see my cocker spaniel barreling towards me. I started laughing and turned around to look at my buddy. And he wasn't there. I shined around, nothing. I shined up in the tree we just came out of and there was my buddy clinging onto that old oak for dear life about 10 feet up. So yeah, that's the story of my 35-pound cocker spaniel treeing my 240-pound best friend. We sometimes stay at a cabin in an isolated area on Vancouver Island. For those of you who aren't familiar with the geography, it is rocky coastal climate with similar vegetation to Oregon. My sister, my cousin, and myself, all in our early 20 seconds at the time, had driven into town about 45 minutes away for a late-night movie. 
Driving back to the cabin at night is never fun, very isolated, spotty cell reception. Hairpin turns, black darkness due to the isolation and lack of street lamps or cabin lights, and lots of deer so you have to keep your eyes peeled. This night was even worse because it was very foggy coming in from the right side of the road and even with our brights from our truck, we could barely see past it. My cousin is also a bit of a reckless driver and was taking the turns a bit fast for my liking. It was stressful to say the least and completely eerie, so when one of us spoke up to say they were feeling spooked, all three agreed. So we get to an isolated stretch with literally nothing but forest to our right, and a steep incline to our left, and suddenly onto the shoulder of the road and out of the fog steps a boy. He looked about no more than twelve years old, and he was just standing on the shoulder of the road from the forest watching as our car drove by a guy get creeped out just typing this. He wasn't injured, was not trying to flag us down or get our attention necessarily beyond his mere presence on the side of the road in this ridiculously isolated area. At midnight in the fog, and had a very neutral expression on his face which was surprising given that we probably almost blinded him with our brights. We freaked out, my cousin almost swerved off the road. My sister was sitting in the back and didn't pay attention until my cousin swerved. She looked in the rearview assuming we had just narrowly avoided a deer and in a nervous voice said, Um, I think I am seeing things, but did you guys just see a boy on the side of the road in the fog? Once we confirmed that none of us were hallucinating, we debated turning back and in retrospect, we probably should have pulled over to see whether he was a runaway or in an accident and if he needed help. But we were way too freaked out and just continued on. To this day I cannot figure out why he would have been out there and it sends shivers down my spine to think about it. I like to hike out in the forest in Northern California a lot, hunting mushrooms. One day I'm out in the woods, not a soul around, and I hear the extremely eerie wail of an earthquake siren. They must have been testing it, but being out in the middle of the woods and hearing it was like being in Silent Hill. It continued for several minutes, not a normal siren either, a really long, drawn-out up-and-down wail of a siren. The kind that would give you chills on a sunny day. I live out in the cornfields, I used to hack my neighbor's cornfield all the time, with permission from my neighbor who owned the cornfield. He knew my family because my dad dated his daughter way back when, and he liked him. Of course my dad and his daughter broke up, but he still liked my dad, even more so when my mom and dad became his neighbors. He had a brook running through the cornfield for natural irrigation, this brook was part of a river that spanned pretty much the whole county and it entered on his property in a forest that was on the edge of his property and my other neighbor's property. It was 100% his property and not mine nor the other neighbor's. So one day, when I was young, I followed this brook to the forest simply because it was summer and I had no school and nothing better to do. What I found was this nice little waterfall, not too big and not too small. It was perfect, especially with the canopy of the forest covering it. It was my little hideaway from the rest of the world. When we had a dry spell, I would go there and relax on the bank of the brook and look at all the minnows and spawn that had been swept away from farther upstream. 
but when it had been raining the entire area was flooded so I couldn't even get to it let alone relax on the bank. After so many years in Cub Scouts and Scouts I learned the importance of keeping that area clean and I did just that. I followed what I learned from scouting and left no trace because it was a beautiful rhea and I wanted to preserve it for my next visit. Well, that all changed when the other neighbor died and a family with young kids moved into his old house. Remember, this wasn't their property, but it was close to it. One day I went there and I found what could only be described as a war scene. The waterfall had been diverted, the brook had been dammed, and there were toys and plastic bottles and wrappers everywhere. I knew immediately this was the doing of my new neighbor's kids. This place of nature and peace had become the playground for a bunch of inconsiderate children. The minnows and spawn were almost gone. I saw buckets full of them, so my only guess is that the kids were collecting them and keeping them as pets. The most messed up thing I have ever seen is an area that everyone would consider beautiful and peaceful turned into a playground for inconsiderate children who could care less what they leave behind or do to it. I was solo hiking in familiar territory in a state park in northern Illinois. Went to check my phone for a map cause I got turned around and realized it had died, so at this point I'm a little worried but not really because the sun wasn't setting for another 3-4 hours. Decided to take liberty to explore and came across a tight path leading into what I thought was a clearing. The clearing consisted of waist-high grass with trees scattered around. Every branch about 10-15 feet up the trees was broken off and very neatly constructed into an arch about 8 feet high. I could stand under it and reach my arms up and couldn't touch it. Right next to it was a hut. I could stand in that too no problem. No signs of encampment or old fires, no trash, and no other paths leading out of the clearing outside of the one I came from. The whole vibe was very eerie, wish I had taken pictures or marked the location, but my phone was dead. Went back the next day to see if I could retrace my steps and couldn't find it. Haven't been able to make my way back there since. late to the party, I know, and not see air or wilderness, but nine months or so ago I was exploring this 100 plus year old mostly abandoned sewer system. It connects to old privies and I was looking for old bottles and crap. I have strange hobbies, whatever, get over it. So I noticed this wire coming out of a borehole, followed it for a few blocks and found an old school rotary phone sitting on the floor. Picked it up and it had a dial tone. No idea who put it there, why they did, how long it had been there, or where it was plugged in at the surface. I was very tempted to call myself to get the phone number, but since I was trespassing, I got paranoid and decided it was probably a bad idea. The tunnel where the phone was sitting was entirely abandoned, bone dry and dead-ended in collapse, probably about 40-50 feet below the surface. Still quite confused about it. A friend was there a few weeks ago and said he found it too, still had a dial tone. No clue WDF is up with that phone. My family owns a small area of land out in the middle of nowhere in Missouri. This is not a commercial campground either, the nearest person is miles away. 
I haven't been back to this area in six years, since my grandfather owned it and he has since passed away. We were planning a trip to the campground and it takes about three hours to get from where I lived at the time to the site, going from highways eventually down isolated back roads. I rode down there with my grandfather, just me and him, in his truck. My parents and sister planned to arrive the next day. When we arrived it was in the late evening, so we didn't have much time to get everything unpacked before dark, so my grandfather just set up a tent and had us sleep in it until dawn. On the property is a small semi-rundown RV, trailer and the remains of an abandoned old hunting cabin with half the roof caved into this day I have no idea where this cabin came from or who used it, or why it was destroyed. From where our tent was, I could see right inside that cabin. I could not fall asleep in the tent. It was fully zipped, but the small screen window was left open to allow cool air to drift inside. As I stared out into the dark I could see a pair of glowing yellowish-blue eyes, like cat or deer eyes, coming from inside the cabin. As a young kid, I had no idea animal eyes did this and informed my grandfather, who told me it was an animal and to go back to sleep. But every time I tried to sleep I would wake up and see those eyes staring at the tent, and I had woken up multiple times between the hours of 10 at night and 3 a.m. to still see those eyes staring. Somehow, I eventually passed out, and when I woke up the next morning, I looked inside the cabin to see if any metal object could be glinting and cause the illusion. There were no metal objects inside. Why would an object gleam at night? And if it were an animal, why didn't it leave and walk away? Surely an animal would have left between those hours. After my grandfather passed, I never went back to the campsite. According to my father, it's because he doesn't want to go there anymore. I was around 12 or 13 and in middle school at the time, waiting around at the bus stop the sun was rising. I was mindlessly looking around when I caught a glimpse of something quite large in a tall tree. It looked heavy set and I could make out wings. I saw it move a little and I freaked out, set out to run and then I saw the bus. I turned around and the creature was gone. I figured I had totally imagined the whole thing. I was very tired, it was early, whatever. Fast forward a few weeks and it's about 9 p.m. and dark outside. I'm in my room watching TV when all of a sudden I hear banging on my window and yelling. I look out my window to see my best friend. I open the window and like a crazy person climbs through telling me to close the window. Turns out he claimed to have saw something in the park huge with wings and it was chasing him from the park. The park was a short walk from my house less than 10 minutes. This is the last time I hear about the creature until my sister called me a month or so ago and was asking me about the creature I saw. I told her it was years ago I don't remember a whole hell of a lot about it and I figured I hallucinated it or just plain made it up. She starts telling me about a story her husband was telling her about a flying creature that chased him and his friends at that same park in the middle of the night. What he recounted seemed pretty accurate to my experience. To the best of my knowledge, the creature reminded me of a gargoyle. I can try to recount more or get more info from my brother-in-law if there's any interest. It was late at night and my husband and I fell asleep watching TV in the living room. 
We always slept with the windows open at night for the fresh air, and this being a particularly warm night, we did just that. We never worried about prowlers since the neighbors hit dogs and went off like alarms anytime something uncommon happened. We'd been there for about three weeks and noticed that the cows in the nearby backyard field were always acting nuts at night. They would quite often for no apparent reason start making noises like they were very frightened. I've grown up around farms and know that cows don't act this way for no reason. I found it a little unnerving when I found out from neighbors that cougars sometimes frequented the area too. So, needless to say, I kinda thought maybe the cougars were making the cows crazy, taunting them. Well, when I woke up around 2.30 a.m. I didn't really know what woke me. That's when I heard the most thunderous roar, scream, grunting like holler or whatever people want to call it. It was a deep, throaty, and loud. It was so loud I could have sworn it was in the house. I tried to wake my husband while I stared intently at the window thinking maybe I would catch a glimpse of it, not really wanting to though. It continued screaming in short angry bursts a couple more times. I say angry because it sounded so mean. Like ferocious. I also heard another less intense but painful sounding shriek in the midst of its deafening roar. I was so terrified it was if time stood still. You know that adrenaline rush you get when something freaky happens. Almost like it can't possibly be true. The thing I've never been able to forget is the scream, and I've yet to be able to explain the way it sounded. I don't believe it could be mimicked by any other man or animal. It was as unique as it was terrifying. All of our cats disappeared. We had three cats. I always saw our neighbor's cats though and they were outside cats. It just struck me as odd. We gave up on having pets after two months. Sometimes at night we would hear load thumps outside our bedroom wall. A few times my husband actually went for his rifle because he thought someone was outside in his shop. We finally moved to a place in the city, far from wooded areas. At least I can go when I want to, and the things don't come to me.